Hello and welcome to the Armchair Commanders podcast. My name is John. And I'm Jack. And this week we are covering a World War One film by the name of Joy Noel. I don't know if I'm saying the first name correctly, but I think that's how it's said. But Close enough. It is a film about the 1914 Christmas truce. And uh, Jack, this was your film choice. How come you uh, went with this one? Well, you see, I went to um, uh, All is Calm, the musical, last week. And the original plan was to watch All is Calm Saturday night and then the movie. So then we can record the show so it would be more timely the next day. However, there was some scheduling conflicts to do with the recording time for this. Yeah. That and Christmas is around the corner. Yeah, scheduling do be a bitch recently. You know, it really do. I will say, though, I am happy that we have this scheduled when we do because I am a firm believer that uh, I should not see or hear anything Christmas related prior to Thanksgiving. And this episode is coming out the day after Thanksgiving. So, okay. Fitting. I think, I think the day after Thanksgiving Christmas free game, do whatever the fuck you want. But like these, like when I see Christmas shit out on the shelves and it hasn't even passed Halloween, that just, it's no bueno for me. No bueno. Agreed. Are you a big Christmas guy? It's all right. You know, it's not my least favorite holiday, nor is it my favorite, but you know, it's, it's, it's up there. What's your favorite holiday? Groundhog's Day, and I will not elaborate. I thought you were going to go with uh, Victory Day or something, but... No. <laughs> My favorite holiday is every day I get to record with you. Aww. <laughs> you know what my favorite so, holiday is? So about that raise. <laughs> Motherfucker, I ain't getting paid from this. <laughs> Damn it. But we could if we, that sponsorship with Bud Light came through. Yeah. Or Sailor Jerry's or... <clears throat> or John Hinckley Jr. Any number of things. Do you know what my favorite holiday is? Fourth of July. That's right. <laughs> First try. I know you. America. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's another sound bite I have saved on Discord. You need to add that to our... Uh... I can't remember. You're the uh, owner of that. I, I made you the... I made you a mod or something. Yeah, a mod, but I don't think that gives me permission to add and All whatnot. Right. I'll figure it out. Um, anywho, I, I suppose we should talk about this movie now. And uh, as always, what'd you think? It was a good movie. You know, simply put, I want to try something. Oh, I can add sounds. Ha <laughs> ha. Did you add sounds to our Discord? I just learned that I can. I'll do that afterwards. Well, you right heard now. it here first, folks. If you go join our Discord, there's fun little sound effects. There's cool and wacky sounds that you can share with your two favorite hosts. I'm but so anyway, excited I'll... to use an America Fuck Yeah soundbite the next time we do a film. I think I still have it saved on this computer, too, <laughs> from when I was effing around with that last summer. Yeah. But um, speaking of summer, which has nothing to do with this movie, this was a movie that was. Mm, mm -hmm. I loved it. However. I, no, okay, go ahead. Let's, let's hear. Let's hear, hear the however. I was going to say the thing that I wanted to bring up is I believe you texted me. It was in one of your top five favorite war movies. Now, is that correct? Yeah. So I am a big fan of 
the story of the Christmas truce just to begin with. It's it's truly a great moment in history. Um, it's such an interesting tale from the First World War. Um, the thing is, is with this, I actually I I had never seen the film before. I had seen the like climatic, you know, German soldier uh, singing along with the bagpipes uh, on YouTube, but I didn't know it belonged to a movie. I just thought it was like an independent little short clip film feature, whatever. Cause that seems like 14, 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, when I saw that scene, I'm like, Oh, this is a pretty good, pretty good short uh, film. And then once this film started getting rolling, I'm like, wait a minute. It's starting to look familiar. Holy shit! <laughs> like, so that was a pleasant little surprise for me. I will say, uh, starting off though, for like the first five minutes of the film, I really didn't have that high of hopes for it. Uh, just because the opening to it is very much kind of like over enthusiastic with like its artistic choices. And I think the like, it's like it starts with the uh, each child from a different nation in a different language, you know, chanting some like death to the enemy propaganda nonsense. And then it like turns to this beautiful like aerial shot over a countryside somewhere. And uh, you're like, OK, this is a bit on the nose, but we'll see where it's going. And then like the next scene is. Uh, this dude running into a church and he's like, haven't you heard war's broken out? We can finally do something with our lives. And they like run out the door. And as the, they like run out the door, the candles that are lit next to the door, just blow out. Like, Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen. Like symbolism. Right. But no, aside from those like early, early kind of like over foreshadowy artistic choices i i thought this was a fantastic film i i loved each like individual character it's the story was done very well it's very much focused on the like day and a half that this occurred but you still get enough of the lead up to it and also the fallout afterwards so i thought this this film does the timing and pacing that we complain about a lot in other films very well. Yeah. And one thing I'd like to bring up about All is Calm, spoiler alert, um, there's a scene near the end where they're describing how peace could be possible if every soldier acted like we did here. And then all of a sudden it mentions like, and then a German soldier was shot. I know it was one of us. And then the war was back on with a vengeance. They came at us harder than they've ever come at after us after that. Just goes to show how quickly things change. Right. And I think that's such a, like an excellent point is the fact that like, so this occurred in 1914, and to my recollection, nothing like this ever occurred nope. again throughout the rest of the war. There were minor um, celebrations on both sides, but never together again. Right. Um, and I think a part of that is because of how the higher-ups did react to it. And we see this at the end of the film um, where, you know, like entire units are shipped to different fronts and like people are let go from their specific jobs or whatever. And they're, they're considered disgraces at the time because it's like, how could you see? Yeah. It's like, how could you see the enemy as a person? How dare you? Yeah. And that's one thing I'm glad this movie did mentioned because when people often retell this story they leave out the fact that 
a lot of the people that were in charge of these units were either executed or moved around elsewhere <clears throat> or, you know, severely punished otherwise. Right. They don't often talk about that. We we do get a bit of that in All is Calm where the high-ranking guy comes out and chews him out. I love in the the letter-reading part of this film where, you know... That's another thing that isn't really ever explored in war films is censorship. Um, you know, pretty much in every conflict in the history of ever, and almost every military in the history of ever, uh, it's been a common practice that if a soldier writes a letter home, somebody reads it over before it goes home, whether that's like, the unit's officer or if it's a specific office or just a group of people but they they go through these letters to make sure that sensitive information isn't passed on and i thought the scene in which we're seeing not just like one person or one group of people but literally like each side is having this realization of like what the fuck just happened like and uh it's like one of my favorite letter examples was like, well, if we both survive the war afterwards, he's given me his address to visit. And it's like, huh? Yeah. And there's so a, go, uh, sorry if I keep coming back to all is calm, but that really was a spectacular show. There is one line that really made the audience laugh. And it's when they're initially getting together. And <clears throat> I think, a British soldier asks two German soldiers like, and what do you think of the Kaiser? And then the German soldier replies, well, get him over here and we'll shoot him for you. <laughs> that amount, like that candid opinion sharing back in those times. Right. So who was your, your favorite character in this film? I wasn't expecting the female character, I forget her name, but the singer that was just there. Right. I don't know how historically accurate that was if she was even there, but. So what about her made her your favorite? The juxtaposition of some high end singer. Like, obviously, she's of higher class than, well, all of these guys. And just how well she clashes against it all makes her stand out, at least in my opinion. Just her and her little, like, fur coat in the trenches. Yeah, and everyone's covered in mud and presumably feces. Right. I think probably the funniest moment in this film for me was when... So I just looked it up. Her name was Anna. When she went to go uh, see her husband, uh, Sprink, great name, by the way. Wish I was named Sprink. <laughs> um, they're like at this party behind the lines. He was given like a day pass mm -hmm. to go perform and visit with her because he's also a theater person. And they meet up like in a bedroom and they like longingly gaze at each other and then like they throw each other into the other's arms like a good super in love couple would and like she goes to make out with him and immediately he's like pushes her away he's like no i have lice and i just burst out laughing i was like could you imagine that like today it's like you, <laughs> you haven't like seen your girlfriend or your wife in like a year and all of a sudden you're in this loving embrace and then you shove her away and be like no i have crabs <laughs> <laughs> and then she whispers back i do too <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything more romantic than sharing a lice colony with the one you love and having that lice colony spawn a mega colony. It's so romantic. Right.
that disgusting little tidbit out of the way. <laughs> um, for me, my favorite character was the preacher turned uh, stretcher bearer. Mm. Um, just a, a great person throughout the film. And you see a lot of different, there's so many different struggles that are portrayed through the preacher. Um, you know, early on in the film, you get the the scene where there's a guy who's just barely out of reach over the top of the trench, um, crying out for help. And he's calling him like by name. He's like, father, I'm just right here. And you see him having to debate with it whether or not to go over and he does and it ends in another guy getting killed and he's not even able to retrieve the guy he went out there for and you know the his superior officer can't even acknowledge is like yeah i get it you're you were trying to do your job but that was dumb he's just like what are you a traitor like you're disobeying my orders like like fuck off dude yeah man He's doing the Lord's work. The Lord is my commanding officer, asshole. He outranks you. And then... Also, is it just a thing that, like, all Scottish people know how to play bagpipes? Yes. Because I just... I also found that to be kind of funny was... Like, you, they were literally just handing bagpipes back and forth to different people. And it's like... I, f I have to assume that bagpipes is kind of a difficult instrument instrument to learn to play damn it if i were in charge of things and one day i hope to be i would demand every military unit have a bagpipe player to follow them into battle i was going to say if if i was ever to fight in a war and my enemy started playing bagpipes i just i'd quit right then and there because that that I... just shows an utter contempt for whoever they're fighting it for or against that is man i might even switch sides why don't we have bagpipe players <laughs> man they're so much cooler plus God, they have damn it they have breezy kilts they have they have level 20 bards <laughs> what do we have all we have is that one weird looking opera singer <laughs> Man, the Scottish get asked all the time if they wear anything under their kilts. Of course they do. They wear socks and shoes. Yep. I uh, I have a tactical kilt. kilt. Yeah. Oh, kick yeah. ass! It's made by Five Eleven. It's wish got pockets. A, wish I had a tactic kilt. <laughs> nice kill bro thanks it has pockets dude it's so comfy and like when you put it on you just kind of want to like just run like run around the house like you just you feel agile in it <laughs> wow women haven't made in the shade with dresses <laughs> right i was like man if it was socially acceptable i'd wear i'd wear skirts all the all the time man yeah, I bet, I bet the aerodynamics is really good in those kilts. Not to mention, like, like you got the breeze. and <laughs> There you go. We have enough tactic kilts for the entire army. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Scottish Armed Forces still allows kilts. Cool. I'm like, like ceremonial or into battle let me look uh it's looking like they're just ceremonial at this point which is kind of a buzzkill oh man but they do have bagpipe players right oh yeah that's that's still a thing cool Going on to the uh, least favorite part of uh, this film, what do you think about the Frenchies? I mean, they're French. 
brilliant, brilliant observation. Refresh my memory about the French scene in question. Oh, they just... Both the German and the Scottish side really grabbed my attention and I think had some great parts in it. The French seem to be kind of lacking in this particular film, although we do get the one individual who, like, he sets his alarm every day to have tea at the same time because that's like what time he'd have tea with his mother yeah um but i mean i didn't really feel a strong attachment to anybody on the french side i mean there was that one guy towards the end where they're like oh we're we're gonna court martial you and blah 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 everyone hates you he's like well i didn't fucking see them fighting alongside me at the front so what do i care Ah, uh, yes, and then we get the uh, Luke, I am your father moment, but in reverse, where he's like, by the way, you're a grandfather. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> then he cuts off his hand. <laughs> I gotta say, I didn't realize there was so much booze on the front lines in World War I. How do you think, th how do you think they got through it? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be sober. I mean, that's a fair point. That just seems like, uh, let's, let's just say, you know, alcohol and firearms don't really mix. Fuck you, they don't. <laughs> they mix well to a certain point. <laughs> it is a very fine line, though. To our listeners at home, I am not advocating one bit for the consumption of alcohol and use of firearms within the same time period. Legally, I can't endorse it either. But, but illegally, but illegally, <laughs> but <laughs> so I saw you pick up that can. What's uh, what were you drinking tonight? Well, because this will be coming out the day after Thanksgiving, I wanted to go with something a little seasonal. It's uh, from the Denver Beer Company again, who brought us such classics as Princess Yum Yum and Peach Daddy. Oh, yes, of course. And uh, today it is an ale brewed with pumpkin and spices. So pumpkin spice beer. Um, and it's called Hey! exclamation point pumpkin so hey pumpkin is the name of the beer <laughs> hey pumpkin wow it really is hmm. i'll have to try that and i was gonna make a joke about you being a basic bitch for liking something pumpkin spice but i like it too so Sue dude me. there's nothing wrong with pumpkin spice there isn't you know like, like, like if you're not if you're not into pumpkin spice, like that's fine. But don't hate on everybody else who is. Like, yeah, don't be a hater. Don't be salty. Yeah, <laughs> I see you put down that pumpkin spice and picked up a can of Haterade. <laughs> but um, speaking of Haterade, I am drinking Shiner Holiday Cheer because this is a Christmas movie, and it's. Ale brewed with peaches and pecans, but it has too much peaches and not enough pecans for me. Hmm. Which I could see how that would be disappointing. Peach flavoring to me is just eh. It ain't my favorite. I don't seek it out. Now grape flavoring, that's my baby. I love grape. Is there a grape like, Is there a grape a, beer? A grape beer? I think that's called wine. Shut the fuck up. You know what I meant? <laughs> I'm sure somewhere anyway. in the cosmos there is a grape-flavored beer. <clears throat> there is grape-flavored sherbet, but no grape ice cream. Because it's notoriously hard to make it into ice cream. I could imagine that it mixing with like a cream would be difficult. Holy shit, there is a grape beer. Oh wait, over the heart, over the barrel hard grape. So it's probably mm. just alcoholic grape soda. Yep. That's weak. Hard grape soda, smear enough ice. I don't count that. 
Very rarely do I think hard sodas like hit the mark. I don't know. I, I actually really like not your father's and not your mother's iced tea. The thing is, is that like not not your father's made their bones on root beer and it the root beer tastes like ass. But it gets you drunk, DP. Okay, I can do that with better tasting stuff, though. Okay, fair. You could also do it with, like, diluted fucking hand sanitizer if you were really desperate. Yeah, yeah, that is an option. <laughs> you can, but should you? Eh, I'll leave that for the people I hope to decide. What was your, uh... <laughs> so... Before you continue, I looked it up, and there's a Reddit post in the Craft Beer subreddit. Help! Anyone have suggestions for a good grape flavored beer? All I want is all I want to find is a tasty grape beer. Top comment. Bear with me here, but have you tried wine? <laughs> Asshole. Two types of two types of people in this world, Jack. <laughs> Anyway, you were saying. I was just going to ask, what is your uh, what is your favorite scene in this film? It was either the initial scene with the bagpipes where they realize that war sucks and music is awesome, or the scene where they're like, "Hey, you know what? We drank and ate with you guys and sang with you. You're pretty cool. There's going to be a bombing on your trench. Why don't you just come wait it out with us?" Yeah, the. The like, let's switch sides, like thing. What it was a very interesting take, and the fact that it was followed up by like the one dude. He's like, oh, while we were over there, I drew up a map of their machine gun emplacements, and the one officer is like, I should be stoked on this, but I feel kind of gross. Like, yeah, <laughs> I felt that same way. And the the Christmas truce may have only happened once and never again throughout the war but each side warning the others about attacks that kept happening later into the war too where one side would tell the other hey um we're re we're the weather says we'll be upwind from you so we're gonna have a gas attack so just get ready and it's gonna be around 2 p.m or maybe you know we're digging underneath your lines and we're going to plant a bomb just walk away at this time you know camarad camaraderie about camaraderie like that that spanned over the no man's land right i think it's just there's so many great like little individual moments in this film like talking about that camaraderie thing is like that same guy who mapped out the machine gun emplacements earlier in the film. He is crossing no man's land because he's he's officially sent on a mission to try and scope out these emplacements. And I guess he just didn't get the memo that he didn't have to do that job anymore when he did it. But, you know, when the truce is breaking out. He is in the middle of no man's land in a trench and like a German soldier walks by and he has a like a bottle of champagne in his hands. He's like, Merry Christmas, come on up. And the dude's in the trench with just his rifle and grenades. He's like, he's like, what okay. the fuck? Yeah, he's confused. And I can't believe we're almost 30 minutes into this podcast and I haven't brought it up yet. We need to bring the pickle how back. Oh, we absolutely do. I... That was one of the other things that I loved about this film was the uniforms because early war uniforms is not something we see very often in World War One films. So like the pickle hall, fantastic. Um, you know, the French still wearing red pants was it was great. Like that's another little thing that kind of gets glanced over is, you know, like the first year of that war, everybody was kind of still in the old mindset of like distinct uniforms yeah distinct uniforms and then mm. they realize oh shit mm. maybe everybody wearing red pants isn't a good idea and the pickle guns. 
And yes, the pickle halb wasn't a great helmet and the spike on top made it impractical, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. It was cool. <laughs> well, the thing is, if I'm not mistaken, I think the original pickle halb was made with, it was like a leather combination. But no, the, like the, the uh, fucking um, point at the top was metal. Right. But they, they could have continued making, they could have continued making the pickle halb like just in an all metal variant though and what was the next one the next variant called the coal shoot the iconic like circular helmet with the two uh holes near the top for ventilation uh i don't know i i think that i think that was the stall helm or that might be the, what the world the, war ii variant of it was called but i was gonna say the, the, stall like the, helm, very... the stall helm was world war ii yeah so but the Stahlhelm got its like origins from the, from the helmet the, you're yeah. trying to talk about. The like very distinctive, like what we associate with like German army. Okay, it was it was an early version of the Stahlhelm. The, uh, the term Stahlhelm refers to both the generic steel helmet and more specifically to the distinctive German military design. Designed in 1915, produced in 1916. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is the stall helm with its distinctive coal scuttle shape. Was instantly recognizable. Okay. You know, there was one part of this film that really let me down. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, and that was uh, there was an, of all the songs that got sung, we never got to see Private Adolf singing "Untanenbaum." Untanenbaum, Untanenbaum, wie trust in deinen Blatter, du grüßt nicht nur Sommerzeit. <laughs> Nine knock me winter winter winter. <laughs> I doubt Hitler sang because he he was very much against the um, Christmas truce. Oh, of course that fucker would be. Yeah, like, he, that's, he that's was, just par for the course for him. Yeah, he was. That's that's why it would have been perfect. He's just in the trench by himself singing sadly. Like all my friends left me. <laughs> Wow, Hitler didn't like the Christmas truce. It's like the more I learn about the guy, the less I like him. Say what you will about his art, but I think he was a bad egg. <laughs> Man, and he didn't like jazz music either. Where does this guy get off? <laughs> God. Also, to any of our listeners who actually speak German, I know I butchered the fuck out of that song, but I tried my damnedest, okay? Yeah, if, if any of our German listeners want his phone number, I'll freely give it out so you can tell him how bad of a job he did, personally. <laughs> I will dox my co-host. <laughs> Blame Babble, man. I, I'm working on it, okay? Ah, uh, you're a babbler. Yeah. More Who's also not our, our sponsor. But could be. Our sponsors, Duolingo and Babbel. They're not our sponsors. We don't have codes for them. But they could be. They could be. My... Continue. No, I was just going to make a stupid joke. Make a stupid joke. Whoever's our first sponsor gets a brand new set of steak knives. Oh. Not bought by me, of course. Bought by you. They can have my old set. I've been wanting to get a new one for myself. Used steak knives. Yeah. For, tried and true. Our sponsors. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I'd prefer new steak knives. I'll sign the hilt of one them. of them. Okay, there you got me sold. Um, What I was going to say is my favorite moment in this film comes at the very end and it goes back to the preacher being my favorite character 
And it's when he has his little debate with the bishop. And again, it's the bishop comes in and he's like, I personally vouch for you. And the, the preacher is like, I'm not ashamed of what happened out there. I think that's what Jesus would have wanted. And uh, the bishop is like, shame on you. Go back to England. And then he walks <laughs> away and gives a fire and brimstone speech about like slaying the enemies of the Lord. And our preacher who has actually seen the horrors of combat and has, you know, had this intimate moment with the enemy hangs up his, his cross and he just walks away. And I think that was a very, a very powerful and kind of overarching, like good mood to end the film on is like, despite this good moment, the inhumanity continues. Yeah, bittersweet. That and that scene of them being shipped off to the Eastern Front, but still singing the songs their British compatriots taught them. Yeah, and then like the officer who locked. Also, can we talk about what is the Germans' obsession with cattle cars? <laughs> Ooh, they're efficient. I don't know. <laughs> Just. I was not expecting to, like, I know it was the easiest way to transport a large number of people, but god damn, just Germany, figure it the fuck out. Choose something else. Well, I mean, <coughs> these guys are considered traitors to the state. Would you really want to shell out extra for a passenger train to wherever? Um, it, have a march. I don't, I don't care. Just Germany. I don't know if you caught the memo. Germany. Cattle cars. They're out. Okay, you can't use them anymore. No bueno. Like you, you lost right, your this, car privileges. This was back before they um, had their moment in the '30s and '40s. Is this where Adolf got the idea? Probably. I don't know. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Indeed. You can't just take people you don't like and put them on cattle cars. Fuck you. Watch them. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Make it at least a cargo train. <laughs> do we do we not have any passenger cars available? Nope. This is with war, no son. You don't go to war with the shit you want. You go to war with the shit you get. Yeah, but somebody somewhere along the way makes the decisions of what shit is. Maybe that's all the shit they had. Okay, whatever. Is there is there any other points you would like to elaborate on this film? Hmm. The foot uh the um, soccer game. I almost called it football like a European, but I'm calling it by its proper name. Anyway, yeah, what, that, what that, about the soccer game? That was a um, part of the musical as well. They talked about how the Germans beat them three to two. Hmm. I was kind of so. I was. I know it's a weird place to be on edge, but that soccer game put me on edge. You thought I forgot things were going to boil over. Oh yeah, because there was a moment where I forgot who tripped who, but. One soldier trips a guy on the other team and everybody starts booing. And I'm like, is this how it all ends? They start shooting each other over. Like, this is where it breaks down is fucking soccer hooligans. I remember, this is related, I promise. But do you remember Gangland on the History Channel? Absolutely. And then it later went to, was it Spike? I don't know. Anyways, yes, I remember the TV show Gangland. But anyway, I remember watching one of the episodes, and it was on these two gangs in Texas that are beefing that I can't for the life of me remember the name of. But according to the show itself, all of this started because of a 
impromptu football game that they had an argument over back in the 80s that resulted in somebody getting shot and then it spiraled out of control into a fucking full-blown gang war that was still going on decades later and i remember just sitting there thinking are you fucking kidding me man i thought raiders fans were bad yeah holy shit at least they've never started a war although give philadelphia time and they will Oh, I think they're already there. Fucking Philly fans. Fuck Philly. Sorry to our Philadelphia listeners, all maybe one of you, but I think you you and I both know it's true. (laughs) There's very few redeeming factors to that city. Let's let's just get that out there. Their city hero is not only a fictional character, but also a criminal, Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) Their their role model is a non-existent criminal, a leg breaker. (laughs) I mean, yes, he redeems himself and becomes international champion and helps win the Cold War, but still. Yeah, he he defeated Ivan Drago. I will break you. That's a war movie. No, it's not. Yes, the fuck it is. A Cold War is a war, and it's a central theme into the movie. Okay, saying Rocky Four is a war movie is like saying A League of Their Own is a war movie. Well. Don't go there with me. A League of Their Own is about the female war, like, female contribution to the home front during World War II. How is that any different than Rocky doing an exhibition match against a Soviet? So are you arguing? I honestly can't tell what are you arguing for because... <laughs> I am saying that if Rocky Four is a war movie, then so is A League of Their Own. Either yes. they both are or they both aren't. Yes, so when are, they re- when are we reviewing them? Oh my God, shut the fuck up. Like, every single point you just made is an argument for. <laughs> they're not war movies. They're sport movies that take place during wartime. Well, so... I mean, that 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 sounds like a war movie to me, kind of. I mean, it's more tangently related to war than Judge Dredd it was, but... Oh, bullshit. You... Mm-hmm. <laughs> First off, the Warren Judge Dredd was fictional. Second off, it was about policing. Yes, war on crime, but this is like both of these sporting events are tied to wars. So was the war in Star Trek VI. Undiscovered Country was fictional. We still reviewed that film. But it was more of a war movie than Judge Dredd. So anyway, <laughs> add those two to the list. All right, fine. We we can discuss their merits as a war film. We, that should be a, its own separate episode. I don't know what, but we need to make that episode of what constitutes a war movie. It, we may come to blows. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm game for it. Let's. Let's do a bonus reel where we discuss what is and what is not a war movie. Yeah, I agree. I need more drinks in me, though, so maybe some other night. Okay. So, I think it's about that time to uh, rate this thing. Yes. Jack, do you have any uh, particular metrics you'd like to use? Um, uh, let me... Uh, what the fuck is the... I give uh, bagpipe playing bards. Do you just want to do bagpipes? Fuck. All right. Shit. Jesus. Are um, we gonna do bagpipe players? We all right. Yeah, bagpipe play bagpipes. Let's just shorten that. All right. Bagpipes. Um, I give this four bagpipes and one bagpipe that's badly tuned. All right. What's with the badly tuned one? Well, it wasn't tuned right. No. I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't know. It's just... 
I don't know why. I just want to give this movie a perfect score, but I can't. I definitely, I relate to that. And I think it's because of stuff like what happened in the opening with the film. You know what? Fuck it. Five bagpipes. Because I can't just dock this points for no reason. I will also... I will give this five perfectly tuned bagpipes. I honestly, after seeing this film, I don't know if it would ever make its way on a top 25 list anywhere. But for me personally, this is now a top five war film for me. It's definitely one I wouldn't mind rewatching, particularly around the holidays. Oh, yeah. I, I, so there's films like, God, what was it? Take 300, for example. I watch that film at least once a year. This is a film that I can see putting on every December to watch. Like it's, it is, is every bit worth a rewatch. It's a good story, good performances. It's entertaining and it hits you right in the feels. Indeed. So let's see the tomometer. It has a 74% on the tomometer and an 89% on the audience rating. I, I, I got to go with the audience. Yeah, the audience, the audience got it this time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, they got it. Well, that has been our review of Joy Noel. Noel? Noel? Well, I fuck Noel. Noel. I believe it's called Joey Diaz. Yeah, for the folks at home, our recording file on this is called Joey Diaz, and that's referencing the fact that every time I have texted Jack this past week about this film, my phone is <laughs> auto-corrected uh, the French word for joy into something else. Uh, what the fuck else did it send it to you as? Joey, you, you said, have, like, have you watched Joey Noam yet or something along those lines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, who in the fuck is Joey Noam? I thought it was like some long lost son of my state's governor, Christy Noam. <laughs> offspring. Oh. And I'm, I, I can't really give my opinion on her anymore. Lest I get fired. Cause I work with the state now. That's right. You yeah. heard it. You heard you it should... folks. I'm, I'm a government boy now. Fed boy. Not fed. Not, 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 not fed. Not fed. State boy. State boy. State boy. Welcome to the government employee club. <laughs> you know, it's not bad. And yeah, for our listeners, I, at the time of this recording, I started a new job this Monday and so far I've been loving it. It's been a great job. I like the people I work with. I like the work I do. It's quite fulfilling. The pay is decent. I work in a library. And as I like to tell people, I help blind people for the state, the adjective, not the verb. Well, I'm, I'm very happy for you, man. I'm, I'm glad you found a, Thanks, a job you're digging. Thanks. Well, I think it's time to unveil next week's movie. And, oh, I'm uh, bated breath. I'm so glad that we spent five minutes shitting on Philadelphia because uh, next week's film is at the request of our guest next week, whose name is Greg. And he is from Philadelphia. Um, (laughs) I was going to say, if this this episode goes out this Friday instead of next, we're done. Um, he works in the museum field. He works at a museum ship called the USS Olympia. It was the sister ship to the USS Maine. That museum ship also happens to have a submarine on display there from World War II. Um, and so being in the naval history field, he went with arguably one of the most recognizable classics of naval warfare 
Run silent, run deep. I thought you were about to say Das Boot, but mm, that can be silent. another day. Yeah, that that in and of itself is going to be an undertaking because the director's cuts like fucking four hours long, maybe more. I'm going to have to message him and make sure we're doing the not director's cut then. Wait, whatever, thought, whatever. No, I'm no, no, no. I'm talking about Das Boot, not Run oh, Silent, Run Deep. Okay, I was going to say I went on Amazon. It was only like a two-hour movie. But yeah, no, this movie. Yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to this movie, actually. So yes, we we have a, a naval historian joining us for a discussion about Run Silent, Run Deep. So be sure That's to exciting. tune in next week for that. We've we've really been lucking out with uh, our guests recently. I've, I've been happy with it. For for the folks at home, if there's anybody you'd like for us to chat with or know of anybody who is interested in having a discussion with us uh send us that information over to our uh, facebook or instagram page it's at armchair commanders podcast uh if you enjoyed this evening's episode today's episode whatever time frame you're listening to it episode uh please leave a review the stars do matter uh as we discussed earlier we do have a discord so go check that out so you can watch these films with us as uh we get ready to record our reviews and finally if you're looking for additional history content you can check out history apprentice on youtube that is my personal history uh, youtube channel where i post our episodes from here there as well as other stuff that i'm deeming interesting enough i'm just starting to get into the game but uh that is all i have jack do you have anything uh no all right well we've greatly enjoyed everybody joining us and we will see you next week bye